ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, June 5th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Coming up this evening on the program, uh, we're going to speak with Marshall University Athletics head team physician, Dr. John Jasko. He joins the program coming up in about 10 minutes. So we'll be speaking with him, get an update on everything that's taking place as far as the health and safety and the well-being of the Marshall student-athletes as we are progressing through these voluntary workouts amidst the pandemic. The COVID-19 pandemic continues, and of course, uh, to varying degrees. Some states, the infection rate's higher. Some states, the infection rate's lower. But now we've got a new wild card that we're introducing into states. We're bringing people from out of state back into other states. So there is, of course, that concern, that danger, and that fear that someone unknowingly has COVID-19. They're bringing it with them. So we'll talk to Dr. Jasko coming up here in about 10 minutes. Looking forward to talking to him. And later on, we'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-TALK. 8255 Miller Lite Hold True Great Taste Only 96 Calories. It is the original light beer. So, where do we start today? Uh, I want to start, and it's Friday, so I want to have some fun with you. At the same time, I want to start with Max Kellerman because Max yesterday, and I had other things I wanted to get to first before I talked about Max, and he is part of First Take. And you hear clips and excerpts of First Take on our airwaves every afternoon on First Take Your Take, which it's basically a companion show, a companion radio show to what Max and Stephen A. Smith say on a daily basis. Now, Stephen A. Smith, never a stranger to having opinion. Max Kellerman, never a stranger to having a, a really an opinion. And I really admire what he does with his fight work. I think he does a fantastic job. I think both him and Stephen A. Smith have their strengths and weaknesses, as we all do. One thing, though, that I think Max was just pretty lazy on was his hot take on hockey. Now, no one has ever said, you know what? Hockey is as loved as the basketball is or is football or as baseball. No, I don't think anyone's really ever said that, you know what? I think more people like the the stuff on the ice than they do the National Football League. Okay, so let's just get that out of our heads right now. Hockey fans are passionate. Hockey fans enjoy their sport as much as anyone else enjoys their sport. And Max had to come out and say, nobody really cares about hockey. It's not one of the four major team sports. Okay? What's the fourth one? It's not MLS. Sorry, I know you would like MLS to be that, but it's not MLS. I can't think of a sport that comes close. 
Sure, hockey is behind the NBA and Major League Baseball, but the NBA and Major League Baseball also behind the NFL. So really, it's everybody else trying to get something after the National Hockey League and Major League Baseball and and Major League Soccer and the NBA after after all of the stuff that we've been going through, we want to see these sports back, but we all know it's football. It's football. We get it. We completely get it. So here's the funny thing. I think Kellerman picked the wrong fight. One, his hot take is lazy. Sure, television rights have been back and forth between providers over the years, and I think hockey has really suffered as far as its television package. It's gotten a little bit better with NBC. NBC has done a better job of carrying the playoffs. I've been able to access hockey more with ESPN+, and media rights are going to be coming up soon, and I'm sure that ESPN is going to make a play, not for all of them, but for a piece of it. I think they've had some success. I'll tell you what, Max, you know why I signed up for ESPN Plus? Mostly hockey. Hockey. I signed up for hockey. That's it. I don't have sports right now. I canceled ESPN Plus. I'm not signing up for hot takes of uh, first take. Yeah. Oh, hey, I can, I, I can watch first take on my, my streaming device. No, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. But no, I signed up for play-by-play. I signed up for hockey. But I think he picked the wrong fight. Because Linda Cohn, you don't want to mess with her. She is by far probably one of the biggest advocates of NHL and hockey at the Worldwide Leader. That's fair to say. If you ever follow her on social media or if you just know her, she's right there. When there's hockey, she's right there. One of her programs on ESPN Plus is In the Crease. It is a fantastic highlight and recap show. She does it every day after games. So if there's a night with games the following morning, it's available. You can watch all the highlights. Linda Cohen doing what she does best. And I think internally it's got to be really fascinating right now because you've got Mr. Hot Take himself, Max Kellerman, national platform to do this. I mean, I, I have this platform. He has a national platform. Obviously, his platform is going to be amplified more. He's got a he's got a place he can he can say these things. But when you stir up Linda Cohn, I mean, she actually tweeted out at him. What do you mean nobody cares about hockey? Very disappointed and surprised you would make a statement like this. She said, it's insulting to this great game. Those associated with it cover it and to the passionate fan base here in the United States. Obviously, the wrong person just got woke up and irritated. And, and if I'm, if I'm in a, a group discussion, a Slack channel, if I'm somewhere the worldwide leader, I want to see what that conversation looks like. Because I know they're not beefing on Twitter as much. But she did put her shot out there. Of course, Max isn't very active on Twitter the way maybe Linda is or some of us is. So, Max, I don't know if he's engaging on Twitter or not. But, again, hot take. Really, 
I mean, come on, that's that's like me saying something stupid about baseball or the NBA or soccer. You know, like nobody really cares about soccer. And you know, nobody cares. Sure, it doesn't get it doesn't get that really good TV ratings. It's not as good as football, baseball, basketball. It it's it's an afterthought here in the United States. It's just you know, a, a, there are hockey fans in cities across the country, but you know, it really doesn't do anything. I'm nobody's talking nationally about hockey or in his you know his argument or soccer. That's wrong. That's wrong. You know, it's lazy of me to say that because there are hockey teams with huge followings and fan bases. And I'll tell you what Max is not realizing is hockey is getting a lot of play from the regional channels. Regional channels, that's where you're getting most of your action. Sure, you get one game, maybe a couple of weekends, get one on Saturday, one on Sunday. I mean, a lot of fans, they're, well, they've been hip to online streaming for years. NHL Center Ice. I don't need necessarily go to ESPN. ESPN's great, but I can get hockey if I really want it. And so maybe it's not like Sunday night football or Monday night football. And yes, hockey needs to do better with its athletes because I don't know where your LeBron James is. Where's your LeBron James in hockey? Who's your LeBron James? I mean, I've got Alex Ovechkin and... Our producer, Spencer Dupuis, uh, he is a lifelong Capitals fan, um, grew up with the Caps, and a big deal for him. The parade was huge, and of course, there are fans all over the place. And of course, he's um, he's practicing smart social distancing today with his Washington Capitals face covering. All right, we're going to take our first break, come back. When we continue, we're going to turn our attention back to Marshall, Dr. Jasko, Dr. John Jasko from Marshall University joins me when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'll You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We've been pretty busy this week with the start of voluntary workouts at Marshall University. Before the student-athletes returned to campus, they had to go through several procedures of quarantine and guidelines and then testing. And if tests came back negative, they would be cleared. And if tests came back positive, then they would be quarantined and they would go through some different guidelines. There's no real playbook for this. And so everything is new as well. We've dealt with pandemics before, but maybe not at this level. And to give us more insight, maybe help us and correct us and guide us is Marshall University head team physician, Dr. John Jasko. He joins us on the program now. Good talking to you again, sir. Yes, good to talk to you again, Paul. Um, You've been pretty busy. I think that's uh, obvious to say with everything going on. um, This is um, you don't have a playbook for this. No, you're, you're right. It has been a very busy time and uh, lots of uh, Zoom calls, conference calls, meetings. Yeah, there's no script for this. We had to uh, write our own script, write our own playbook. And fortunately, I'm surrounded by some really smart people, a lot of people willing to put in the, the work and uh, research and effort to, to make things as safe as possible. 
Is it fair to say Marshall has maybe a leg up on other institutions and universities with the medical staff and the medical facilities that are available to Marshall and the university? I would say really, uh, yes. Um, you know, and, and not to disparage any other university, but I, I have sp- spoken with other team physicians and, um, you know, other uh, uh, groups in the conference even. And it's not just from a medical standpoint. Um, we were very fortunate uh, from a university-wide standpoint to have, you know, someone like Tracy Smith who handles security and operations and to have extra dorms where we, you know, could set up quarantine areas if we needed to and resources um, like the indoor practice facility, including the weight room, outdoor field, of course, the Sports Medicine Institute from a medical standpoint. And so we really have uh, uh, a nice you know, uh, uh, stable of resources to uh, uh, accommodate this unique situation. So when you sat down to begin the plans for this, where did you start? Obviously, we start with player health and safety, but where do you springboard from there? Yeah. Yeah, we had to, of course, initially start with the state uh, and federal guidelines and then wait for the NCA to, to make a um, determination on the June 1st starting date. So knowing that was uh, potentially coming up, we started meeting about three weeks ago. Uh, so then we had to start, okay, do we have the facilities? You just mentioned facilities, and um, we're fortunate to have the facilities we have. And then how do we then uh, pull, pull kids through the workout facilities? Luke Day and his strength staff were were vital in, deter- in uh, devising and changing up the ways that they were going to do their workouts and lifting stations. Uh, we put uh, guys in, in groups of uh, eight to ten individuals, and usually it would be by position, but we thought it would be better to put it, put, put it by people who live together, uh, hang out together, so they had to be very creative about how they put folks together um, and then decide on the, the uh, safety aspects of people coming in from various locations in the country, most of which have a higher prevalence of this uh, virus than we have been, if we have had in uh, the tri-state area, and determining how long we had to bring them back into town, do some self-isolation, organize with the uh, Marshall Health and the hospital at Gabble Huntington Hospital and getting testing, and they've been, been great at helping that out, helping us out with that and then determine a plan of going forward. So a lot of steps have uh, gone into place to get us to the first week of workouts, which have just completed today, and lots more work to go, really. Marshall's been very transparent when it comes to positive cases. Right off the bat, we get the notice that a couple of players, a staff member, all with positive tests, and then we get a follow-up that another player has has tested positive and I know you don't want to see that happen, but at the same time, you got to feel good at least the safety protocols that are put in place are doing what they're intended to do. Absolutely. We got those results before the guys got together for um, workouts, before they got to groups where they would interact more. Um, all of the trainers and healthcare professionals that were interacting, doing physicals with these guys, all were taking the utmost precaution like we do in the healthcare setting. And so it was nice to capture those uh, positive, do contact tracing on them, isolate them, and um, 
you know, fortunately, we're very fortunate that we've had some asymptomatic cases, essentially. Um, and uh, I think the university has decided, and, and rightly so, to be transparent so that people can be comfortable of, yes, we've got some of these cases, but we've also has have all of these protocols in place to protect student athletes and then the university at large uh, to the best of our ability. Um, and I think that's going to, you know, more information is good at, at putting people at ease rather than um, the unknown and uh, the, the, just the fear of the unknown, I should say. Marshall University Athletics team physician Dr. John Jasko joins me on the program. Now, your work's not done. You got them through the door, the initial phase, and now – Everything is put in place to try to keep them healthy, social distancing, but you still have to test constantly, I'm sure. Is that once a week, every other day? What does that look like? So, um, yeah, we are uh, making a, a plan. Um, you know, it has some, somewhat to do with resources, but again, we've, we've had generous donors or resources and making it um, available to us. So we're Right now, we are, are sort of having waves of students come back, student athletes come back and doing testing uh, before they have their their uh, physicals and before they rejoin workout. Eventually, we'll likely get to the point where it's going to be uh, at least a every other week basis, maybe a weekly basis. I could certainly see once we get into a point where we open up all the meeting rooms again and let them back into locker rooms and let them. Uh, you know, get to the point where we can actually have football practice, we'll probably be doing it at least once a week. And then we'll be looking for the conference as well as the NCAA guidelines on how often we'll have to be required and when we'll do testing, you know, before competition starts. Now, I don't want to seem like I'm looking ahead, but fortunately I can. You have to go day by day, I'm sure, and plan ahead. But are we at a point where it's safe or you know, everything has been minimized to a point where we can have football again, contact sports, because yeah, I just can't fathom the Herculean effort it's going to take to make this possible. Yes. Um, you know, I, I sit and do that uh, mental gymnastics sometimes and wonder myself. However, I also think back to you know, five or six weeks ago, and we are in a much different position now than we were five or six weeks ago. We, we couldn't even contemplate bringing uh, athletes back. Local gyms, of course, were closed. And so we're counting on continuing that progress to the point where we can even relax the uh, mitigation, factor, mitigation strategies even more. Um, and that all has to do with just a regional as well as national um, you know, incidence and prevalence of the virus, which has continuing to, continued to decrease. And certainly we've seen some positive of, uh, indicators as more states open up and, um, and things across the country open up that we haven't seen uh, the tremendous spike that we've seen, uh, we had, that we did see back at the beginning of the pandemic in the country in March. So those are all positive signs. We look for those positive signs to continue. Um, and we're planning as if they will, of course, watching those, as you said, from a day-to-day basis and a week-to-week basis, and we'll make uh, decisions based on, you know, again, state, federal guidelines as well as our own kind of common sense and and, uh, uh, factors and experience in our own cohort here with the student-athletes. 
Dr. John Jasko joins us, Marshall University head team physician. And one of the things that I've been curious about is we get to the point where there's actual play on the field or in the arenas. What will the procedures be, or are we even at that point yet, when you're bringing in an outside team? I mean, you're taking care of everyone on your team. You're doing everything you can to keep them safe. And then you're bringing in an outside team. And you're almost hoping that, okay, have they done the same things that we've done? How does that work? Because I'm sure those conversations have been had. Yes, uh, they have been had, and we're going to have a lot more of them from a conference uh, level and and probably have direct discussions with the teams that we are going to be competing with uh, from the out-of-conference, making sure that they've had, you know, protocols in place um, and com- we are comfortable with what they've done. They're comfortable with what we have done. Um, but I know that, especially in the football schedule, I know, uh, a lot of the docs on the the uh, from those universities and and they're very conscientious and and hearing their initial plans, I'm pretty confident, especially within Conference USA, that uh, they will take very similar measures. But I also envision that uh, we'll have a situation that there'll be some sort of testing again on a weekly basis. Maybe it's Thursday before a Saturday football game. Um, you know, one day before a basketball game, especially for the uh, incoming um, uh, group that uh, we'll have to have in place to make uh, everyone feel a little more comfortable and confident that we're not uh, creating a, 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 a big exposure for the kids on the field. Because, of course, they're relying on us to direct this, and we have to be, um, you know, as conscientious and responsible as we can be. And I think everybody going into that with that mindset. And the other question that, of course, I'm sure you've heard as well is if there is going to be limited availability to the facility as far as fans are concerned, social distancing, less in capacity, how, how does that work? Uh, you know, because I, I know you can play with the seating chart all day long. It's, you know, is it more dependent on what you and the staff are going to be comfortable with what you can control. You know, I know a lot of state regulations are probably going to federal regulations as well, going to play a lot into that. Yes. Um, you know, fortunately that is, uh, you know, two, two months away, such that, you know, a little over two months away that we have some time to, to plan for that as well as also get the temperature of the, you know, the state of the virus essentially at that time and its prevalence and its, um, you know, uh, the, the infectivity, et cetera. Um, I think we'll have to have more individuals at the stadium to uh, encourage social distancing, um, you know, obviously encourage and enforce people staying in their seats better. Um, you know, it's not going to be a perfect science, but, um, We'll have to take all those factors into consideration. Um, but you think about, you know, parks and uh, grocery stores, et cetera, um, although those, you know, you pass somebody in the grocery store just for a second, you're not sitting next to them. But if we're able to open up throughout the summer where we have more group gatherings and outdoor concerts and, and plays, then maybe some of those, uh, uh, the groundwork for those plans will be laid by observing other uh, groups. Um, but I think there'll have to be more workers in the stadium reinforcing um, the seats 
the usher, or I mean the uh, social distancing we talked about. Um, but uh, we certainly hope to have some fans. Of course, you know, especially in our conference, we have such a, a great fan base, and and um, it's such a different environment at home than it is when we go on the road. Um, we're going to try to just we're trying everything we can to get the, the players back safely. We're going to try everything we can to get the fans back safely. Joining us on the program, Marshall University team physician Dr. John Jasko is with me, and you know, I've had plenty of time to just speculate. And you know, thankfully, you have more hard data to work with. But these are some of the questions that I've had. Like, for example, yeah, how are we going to allow fans in the press box? What's that going to look like? Will that be restrictive? And I know that's all going to base on, as you mentioned, we're going to see where the virus is in a couple of months since we're on its schedule. But yeah. There are so many, I guess there are so many unknowns. That's what's maybe leading to some anxiety still because we just don't know. Right. Right. I mean, if the season was starting now, I could, I would envision that, uh, those closer, um, uh, those closed facilities that require closer interaction, like the press box, uh, and the media upstairs, uh, you know, even in the replay booth, I, I would envision that we'd have some type of, a protocol where you'd have to prove you were tested. You got a wristband uh, at the door uh, after your screening. Certainly, screening would be essential. Um, I could see that becoming a, 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 an electronic type screening, which we've been able to do with the student athletes. They have to fill out uh, a screening, self-screening questionnaire every single morning on their app, and then when they show up the building, they get a wrist colored wristband for that day, proving that they have cleared and had their temperature checked. So I can certainly envision something like that um, happening in, in, in the press box in areas where you just can't social distance necessarily enough, uh, again, to try to do everything we can to protect people from uh, exposure and an outbreak in that setting. Um, and so, uh, you know, as I sit here and think about it, things we're doing now, I think we can adapt to uh, – a larger setting like the press box, like um, you know the, uh, the the suites upstairs, like the the, the whole uh, facility of the, the stadium itself, to try to um, identify those who are safe and and self screened, etc., to uh, try to bring as many people as we can and save. My guest is Dr. John Jasko. He's Marshall University's team physician and. Since I have you here, I'll give you an opportunity. I know there have been so many things said about this pandemic, what it is. I'm sure there are a lot of misconceptions. I'm sure you get a lot of questions uh, in your day-to-day life. You know, Are there any things that are being maybe said that are wrong, or is there anything that maybe you would like an opportunity to address? Because you're in a position where you know more than we do. You know, as, as a layperson, I, I know nothing compared to what you know on this whole pandemic topic. Well, you know, there's still, um, you know, this is brand new to the whole medical community, and I've relied on a lot of uh, experts in the field, especially locally. We have Dr. Dow, the chief medical officer of Marshall Health, Dr. Willenberg, who's uh infectious disease specialists, they certainly taught me a lot. And they taught me that this is uh, certainly a real disease. I've seen it firsthand and how deadly it can be, and we have to uh, respect it. Um, We've also seen more and more with the data that, fortunately, this cohort of student-athletes that we're talking about uh, does not quite have the same risk 
to morbidity and mortality that the population at large has, which is a good sign. Um, and I think we'll have a lot more data as we go along. Um, so I think that the, the reasonable approach of gradually returning to opening up states, opening up activities, opening up students, uh, athlete uh, involvement in athletics on campuses is a very regional, regional approach, and we have to take it baby steps at a time instead of going to one or the other extreme. So, um, I, I don't really have a lot more to add. Uh, I, think there's huge, I, don't, I don't think there's huge misconceptions in the uh, public, except that this is a real disease. We don't have a necessarily a, a treatment for if someone gets gravely ill. So in no way can we uh, take it lightly. But on the other side, it's um, something that certain cohorts are looking safer. And we can, with proper forethought, guidance, testing, move baby steps forward like we're trying to plan to do uh, with Marshall Athletics. My guest, Marshall University team physician, Dr. John Jasko. It was good talking to you again. Thank you so much. Uh, I've had plenty of time on my hands to, to ponder and, and contemplate, and trust me, um, it's it's nice just to have you know more factual information than us speculating right now. Well, I appreciate it, Paul. Anytime, and I um, uh, hope to see you uh, at the games in the fall. I'll be there. I'll uh, be wearing my mask probably if uh, if that's the requirement. And um, you know, I'm already looking for. I want a I want a thundering herd theme mask if I've got to go to the game with a mask. I think. Everyone should. Oh come. Yeah, yeah, you definitely get that. I, there's uh, lots of uh, cloth patterns out there, and people uh, making them for you. So uh, that that uh, that should be easy to find, hopefully, around here. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I, I want one like with just like a Marco face. You know, the full mask, like a Marco head, maybe. You know, some something unique and original. I mean, <laughs> if I'm gonna do this, let's just trick it out. Let's make it look look it really really good. That would be awesome, and uh, I, I have a colleague, Dr. Gilliland, who had a had a mask made of the lower part of his face. So when he's looking, when his mask is on, it just looks like a continuation of a great big smile, which is um, it, it's almost like a caricature of himself. So it's excellent. You need to look into something like that. I might do that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Take care, Paul. Bye bye. Dr. John Jasko, Marshall University team physician. More on the way. It's The Drive ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It is Friday. It is the weekend kickoff edition here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Your host, Paul Swan. You know, today is National Donut Day. I don't know if you knew that. You probably have heard that. If you haven't, it is National Donut Day. And you know what's funny? Let me tell you the story of radio. Perk your ears up in there. Spencer Dupuis, who, uh, by the way, I went and got local donuts today. I hit the donuts. Uh, I just had a cherry. What'd you have, Spencer? What would I get you? So you had a cherry too? Okay. Um, it was funny. It was National Donuts Day, so I went to get some donuts, bring to the office. And 
I got to the window and I made you know made this election drive up and it was like, wow, we're we're running out of glaze real quick and it must yeah it, it's National Donut Day it must have, it, they heard it on the people have just heard it on the radio it was just, I was sitting there just smiling all day long since like yeah that's right that's right people listen to the radio there so it was it was fun but you know it's a national holiday. National Donut Day, so I hope you are enjoying a tasty donut. And, um, you know, Monday is going to be a national holiday as well because Chuck McGill is going to join us on the program coming up on Monday. Looking forward to him. Um, I don't know if I'm going to use his actual official title because it doesn't really say truly what he does because he just basically does it all. So Chuck McGill is coming up. We'll have him on the program, and that's on Monday here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. As I said, it's Friday, so we can have a little fun on the show just now and then. But um, we need that. We definitely need that because we're about at least a month and a half away from any real live baseball or if. Yeah, okay, maybe that's the wrong example there. Uh, Hockey, I know – the NBA, they're, they seem to be on the right path. And hockey, we're going to be having workouts um, similar to what Marshall's doing. We're going to have training camps and uh, facilities. They have access to facilities soon. So all of that's going on, and I, I'm excited about that. Uh, baseball, uh, there was even some talk about maybe having a 48-game schedule because they're going to lose money. If you're going to lose that much money, maybe you just don't have the season. That might be the better option at this point because – we're getting to the point where I don't know if I if I'm excited for baseball to come back. I mean, it didn't start, and that's okay. But I'm more excited about the NBA and the NHL starting back up and restarting than I am baseball getting their season started. And I know maybe if I had um, maybe a few more days closer to it coming up. I guess what I'm trying to say is if it was more imminent. Yeah, maybe I'd be more excited about that, but I'm more excited right now about actual things that are going on, like NASCAR. We got NASCAR coming up throughout the weekend. And oh, by the way, um, so I don't make that mistake again. I, I it wasn't a jab, but I said sports weren't back yet. Another day without sports, and there was a NASCAR event coming up. So I did hear about it on Twitter. I appreciate it. No jab there, none intended. I mean, that's more of a more of a motor sport. I, I was talking more about just, you know, other things. I mean, that's that's a driving sport. That's a, I'm talking things that are not mechanized, like hockey or, or baseball or basketball, football. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, stuff like that. Uh, you know, soccer, uh, baseball in Korea, which I have not been watching much of uh, as of late, sorry. But if I know they're time-shifting it a little bit, too the replays. So if I just don't look at the scores, I can kind of get an idea of what's going on without looking at the score just to pretend like a delay. Because I hate watching sports on delay. I really do. I mean, there's just something about not watching sports live. If if I know the outcome, I just don't enjoy it. Um, but at the same time, we're getting some sense of sports are coming back a little bit closer to uh, a little bit closer to what we're used to. We got more on the way. 
We'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Getting set for the weekend where I get to watch lots of classic sports. That's right, I'll be watching NASCAR because it's live. That's it. What? Yeah, some... What else is live, really? I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Other than soccer that's um, being imported in, I got nothing. So I'm excited that at least we're a little bit closer to the NBA getting back. So what has been going on with the NBA is today the NBA have got really the players on board. The players are on board. The Players Association approved today the plan to finish the season in Orlando. League play can start July 31st on Dizzy's Complex. They've got to work out some details, and they've agreed to that. Okay, there's some things that have to be hashed out, things that need to be worked on, but in principle, the green light has been given. Here's some of the details the season's going to continue. If a player tests positive, testing will be conducted daily, and a player testing positive will be quarantined for a minimum of seven days. A maximum of 1,600 people will be permitted on campus. Players will be limited to having three family members with them at the Orlando campus, with limited exceptions. Players and family must remain within the confines of the campus. I have no problem with this. Hey, Paul, you're going to have to spend a couple of months. You're just going to be locked up on the campus over at Disney World. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm all I'm all set. Let's do it. I mean, I'll go now. Quarantine me now. I'll go. Teams are going to play two to three exhibition games before the resumption of the regular season. And players are expected to see a return to full pay after a 25% pay reduction in May. So they're going to get some money back. Full pay, that's going to have to happen, of course, I'm sure, for a lot of these players to be really on board with this. But the good news is I haven't heard really the NBA money fight. Not the way Major League Baseball has been money fighting. And, of course, in the NHL, I think these guys, the NHL, these guys just want to go. I don't think they're really screaming about money. Now, of course, NHL money is different than NBA money. NBA money is different than NFL money. Oh, NBA money is way different than NFL money. You would think NFL money would be way more? No, no, no. no. NBA money. If you are an athlete and you're good at basketball, you want to get NBA money completely. If you love the game of football... If you're talented in both sports and you're, you want to get what's maybe the most secure, maybe you're getting that, getting that basketball money. You're playing hockey, you're getting paid really nice, but you're not making NBA money. You, no, you're not. And, of course, baseball is silly. The money is just silly there. 
It's just really insane. That's why we're having the problems we are today. So when I pay, what, was it $9.50 for Coke now at, at a ballpark? $7.50 for a hot dog? Is that the deal? I mean, that's what's killing baseball. In my humble opinion, I don't want to take out a small loan. I, I go for the dollar dog. If I'm going to get a, uh, something at the ballpark, I'm getting the dollar dogs. Slap some ketchup, mustard on that, I'm good. Now, let's let's be candid here. Uh, when I go to a game, usually I can get a ticket. I mean, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend I can't. I can get a ticket, so I know I understand. I've already got a leg up over some people because the price of admission is usually thanks to. Uh, my position, thanks to people I know, thanks to lots of factors. And a lot of people can't say the same thing, so I, I completely get it and understand. So, I yeah, I understand. It's um, it's sometimes pricey, sometimes not, but, you know, when I hit the ballpark, you know, I'm taking care of as uh, much as I possibly can as far as the dollar dogs, you know, parking. I, I'll walk an extra bit. I go to a Bengals game, I'll walk a little extra I'll park a little further away from the stadium. I'll take a nice little stroll, a little walk. It's all good. I get there plenty of time to casually walk in and get over to the stadium to watch the Bengals. And how's that going to work this year? The NFL. Because I'll tell you this, if the Bengals are playing, do I go? Probably. Maybe. I mean, I'm thinking about it, really. I'm thinking, okay, how how are they going to do this? And do I want to go? Go see Joe Burrow. Want to see the new kid? See what the Bengals look like in, in year two of this rebuild? I'm thinking about it. But at the same time, they, they got to prove to me that they can do it in a safe manner, like, like we have with Marshall football. we got to do this in a safe manner. That's going to do it for this edition. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.